Hello folks, Colin Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools. All you have to do is add the code 2020RVRADIO at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. This week, I'm speaking with Scott Johnson, a multi-league champion in both the Football Guys Players Championship as well as High Stakes Dynasty Leagues at the FFPC. His career winnings at the FFPC total nearly $30,000. In this episode, we talk about his immediate and rest-of-season expectations for both LaMichael P. Ryan and Jamichael Hasty. whether James Robinson is a buy or sell or hold in Dynasty Leagues right now, who is starting and benching in Week 8, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, 
division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, without further ado, here is $30,000 high-stakes fantasy football winner, Scott Johnson. Joining me this week on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, it is the Coaches Crunchers himself. It is Scott Johnson, a former FPC League champion, High Stakes FFPC Dynasty League champion, and doing pretty well in the main event this year, Scott. I've uh, I've gotten off to a pretty decent start. Uh, my partner uh, Billy and I, uh, which is my uncle actually, and then my brother Mike and I, we have a lot of teams together, and uh, you got a couple that are different. I'm uh, I'm curious as to um uh, well okay we won't get into that yet but but let's let's talk about um a guy who seemingly has been a trendy um waiver pickup in the main event in the football guys players championship twice now and he's he's basically taken in all leagues um he has is in your starting lineup right now in your main event team that is in the top 100 overall. So, and I know you got some some bye week issues and some injury issues there, but I'm kind of curious. How do you see his performance playing out against Seattle this weekend? Well, of course, you're talking about Jamichael Hasty from San Francisco. Exactly. And, yes. And uh, yeah, he at some point, Bumpy, you have to have somebody with a heartbeat, and that's Jamichael Hasty for me this week. If uh, if I end up having to play him. Um, although I'm kind of excited about it. And then uh, I read something and, and I lose that excitement. You know, Tevin Coleman coming back is, is definitely a damper to the whole situation. But um, the kid, you know, I, I don't know if um, San Francisco is watching him as closely as, as the fantasy guys are. He runs <laughs> hard. He, he, he looks really good and he's got soft hands. He can catch the ball. He's, he's really... Uh, a nice looking kid. So I hope they give him a chance because I think he could, he could ball out if they give him a shot. Yeah. And, and I know they, they, you know, they gave Mostert a little bit more money and he'll come back off IR at some point. Same thing with Tevin Coleman. Although I think if I remember correctly, this could be Tevin Coleman's last year uh, uh, under contract. Um, but then after that, it's just like, you know, Jeff Wilson's all right. Um, but he's, he's nothing special. Hasty to me, you're right. I think he's, He's got the juice uh, of this uh, that, that you're looking for. In, and at a minimum, I would like to think that he's carved out a role with this backfield for the remainder of this season. And then maybe even a bigger one uh, beyond. Another guy. Yeah, another, I, I agree. Another, I think, uh, I, you know, it, Monster, you know, what, what most people forget about him is he's already 28. And, you know, he's just been a journeyman. He's got, he's got a late, late uh, chance, so to speak, to, to be the starter. So... Could be, could be valuable sooner rather than later. Um, a guy who is um, could be, be valuable both sooner and later. Uh, certainly with the New York Jets right now is, and I know that's you know take it with a grain of salt because it's the Jets <laughs> and Adam Gase. But Michael Perrine, he basically got over seventy percent of the snaps in the backfield to uh, mm-hmm. Frank Gore's like thirty roughly. Um, after the, the, um, the release of Le'Veon Bell doesn't look like there's any other guys that are, are going to make waves in that backfield besides Perrine and Gore. 
How's the rest of his season uh, going to go? What are your thoughts on LaMichael Perrine going forward? Um, another guy who's pretty popular on the waiver wire last week, Scott. I, I like him. Um, and obviously you, you alluded to it jokingly, but it, it, it's true. I mean, he plays for the Jets. And worse yet, he plays for Adam Gase. So, you know, he's he's extremely limited on what he's going to be able to do. They're never going to have a lead unless they get the ball first and they run it back on the kickoff. That's the only way they're ever going to have a lead. So he's always going to be battling, you know, that will they will they commit to the running game? No. Um, but he can't catch the ball. And if they'll just give him a chance, uh, I, I think they'll see what they've got there. Um, of course, you know, with that, with that coaching – uh, system there, they might not be thinking about the future anyway because they know they're probably not going to have it. Um, P. Ryan's value for for dynasty purposes. Um, what would you be doing with him? Would you be just trying to trade him for like, you know, like a third round pick at this point to try to get something no. for him? Assuming the Jets um, draft the running back next year, how do you handle him for dynasty? I, I have him. You probably know that, but I, I do have him on my on my best dynasty team. I have I I drafted him. Um, when he was first draft eligible, and I have held on to him um, through anything and everything that the Jets have, have been doing, and I continue, and I will continue to hold on to him. He's taken up a roster spot, but it's gonna it's gonna continue. I'm gonna hold on to him until uh, at least October of next year. That's my that's my plan with him because I want to see what happens. So I'm not trading him. Doesn't matter. So what about um? Let's say um. I just play devil's advocate here. Um, let's say the Jets draft. Um, trying to think of somebody that would be a pro. Well, okay, let's just. Well, okay, I don't think they're going to do this, but let's just say they take like Chuba Hubbard in the second round or somebody like that next year. Like any running back in the second round that has a skill set that doesn't necessarily duplicate what P. Ryan does, but one that complements it. So you know that P. Ryan is, is going to have a role in the backfield but maybe not the lead dog. Are you still holding on to him um, uh, uh, until, like I say, like midseason uh, next year? You're 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 killing me there, Balky, because that's a that's a perfect scenario for why not to to hold. <laughs> <laughs> if that if that were the case, then I'd have to be I, I'd have to either you know eat the, all the time that I've kept him and just try to get what I could for him while I think his he still has value. Or I could I could play your devil's advocate and I could say, well, you know, he's he's maybe the guy that, that gets first shot at it. Plus, with all the injuries that always happen, new kid coming in, uh, you know, there's hardly anybody in the NFL that that has the backfield to themselves completely. So maybe maybe it's a part of a two man team like a you know, tandem like a lot of teams have. So. I'm like, to hold on to him because at that point, if they do draft him, uh, draft that high guy, especially second round running back, his value is not going to be much anyway. So uh, it might not even be worth it. Well, and, but what if the Jets let Adam Gase go and then all of a sudden his value shoots up? You yeah, know, because no he doesn't doubt. have to worry no about play. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the kid. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to always try to invest in the, in the player um, more so than, than the, the coach because. You know, I, I like uh, systems and definitely read into the system that a player goes into. 
player's good. I, I'm, I'm thinking that the coach will eventually see that the player's good and then make the player fit into the company. A, another running back that was was on our, our radar uh, as the season drew closer, especially after the Leonard Fournette release, was James Robinson. <clears throat> the uh, uh, I can't remember if he's underdrafted or if he was a seventh-round guy at Illinois State. Uh, in any event, he's been pretty much a, a weekly start for anybody who owns him. Um, as, as one of their running backs and, and maybe their top running back, uh, since he's gotten the job, he's looked pretty good. I was fortunate enough to, to pick him up in a few dynasty leagues, Scott. And, and I, you know, I've gotten some offers, I've rebuffed them. Um, and I don't know if I made the right call and I don't know if I should still be looking to sell on him. And I know you also were faced with the James Robinson trade in one of your FFPC leagues. How did you handle it? I was, um, you know, and my my best uh, FFPC dynasty team is the 500 team that I've had since 2014. And when I when I saw what Robinson could be about, it was about two weeks. What was it, about two weeks before the the season started? Before we went to Vegas, time uh, we went to Vegas, and a little bit before that, when we found out that Robinson had a chance to start, you know, after four minutes been and traded away. As soon as they traded away Fournette, I started getting Robinson as much as I could because, uh, you know, I, I figured seriously, they're getting rid of Fournette for a reason because he's wink, wink, bad in the locker room. So wh- whatever the reason, and it, it really was about, uh, I, I think it had to do with uh, James Robinson being as good as they thought he could be. So I've got him 14 times in FFPC leagues, various leagues, one of them is on that 500 dynasty, but the way I think about it is uh, after week one, I I traded for him, so I did not have him. And um, a guy actually outbid me uh, before the uh, first bidding that we get before the season started. I, I bid several hundred dollars and got outbid and, and was not happy about it, and then. Uh, after week one, I went after him and I, had, and I, and I gave the guy a number one um, for next year, my number one for next year. And I think I threw in a, a player of, you know, forgetfulness because I can't remember who it is right now. But, <laughs> I, you know, I basically traded him a number one and, and the guy, the guy went for it. So, I, you know, I added, that's a pretty good team that I've got there. And uh, uh, he's been He's been one of the better, you know, I've got Kamara on that team. I've also got McCaffrey on that team and Joe wow. Mitchell on that team. So those those four guys and Gurley, there's a guy, we, we, we don't have to get off on a tangent about Gurley, but there's a guy that a lot of people are just saying, I don't like him, I don't want him. Um, what about his knees? And all he's done is average over 15 points this year and put up 22.2 this last week, and I just keep beating people. Really in my lineups, I've got him over 20 times in my FFP leagues. And uh, with him, with James Robinson, with those other guys I mentioned, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not too hard to win some. No, and, I mean, you're you know, with the with Mixon getting hurt and McCaffrey getting hurt, you you can still trot out Kamara and and uh, Robinson, and I mean, it's, it's you're loaded at, at that. Yeah. Gurley too. I mean, you you always have three studs, not even just three startable running backs, but three studs every week on that team. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. So James Robinson was big for me um, early on and continues to be big for me. But in that dynasty, um, 
and, and my brother and I actually, we started up a couple of new dynasties this year and we drafted him in both of those. Um, and then I drafted him in, in uh, I've got two main event teams. I've got a whole bunch of, of the FEP, FPC, but I've got two main event teams and um, I made sure that I got him in, uh, in both those. As a matter of fact, I drafted him in the, I believe it was the ninth round both times. Wow. That's just great value. I mean, you talk about league winners. People are always talking about league winners developing as the season goes on. James Robinson was a league winner. Maybe he was a league winner from the get-go. He, he, he really, I mean, one of mine, one of mine I'm, I'm uh, six and one, and the other I'm five and two, and, um, and I've got the asterisk by my name right now, but much more important is is having the asterisk by the name after after week 11 and hopefully being one, the one or two seeds so I get the automatic birth to the big postseason. Absolutely. Four more weeks until that happens, including this week for sure. Um, on the subject of young running backs, there's one in Seattle, <clears throat> excuse me, DJ Dallas. Uh, he is essentially the only fully healthy running back right now. Chris Carson expected to miss time. Carlos Hyde fighting a hamstring there. Um, Travis Homer beat up a little bit too. It's DJ Dallas. And, and um, I, I'm just kind of curious, given that he is out there, on a lot of waiver wire, you know, we, we talked about how Jamichael Hasty and Michael Pirine, they've already been scooped up. DJ Dallas is still out there on some waiver wires. How willing are you, uh, Scott, to sink some pretty solid fab funds and in, in to try to get him on your team out of the free agent pool this week? I'm willing to. My problem is I don't have a lot of dollars left. <laughs> so I, I am, uh, from, from what I have remaining in every league, I am probably going to invest um, 40 to 50% of whatever I have remaining in every league to try to get him. Now, that also, Buck, as you well know, it depends on uh, how desperate I am. You know, is this, you know, I've got a team, if you can believe this, I've got a team where I've got um, David Johnson. He's on by this week. Um, I've got uh, Joe Mixon. I'm not even going to go through all of them. I've got six running backs, and they're all really good. James Robinson's on there as well, of course. So I've got six running backs. They're either hurt or on by. I literally only have Kareem Hunt this week. Oh. And so I have to get somebody. I have to pick up somebody that will, you know, have a chance to at least get a carry or two. Um, in a league like that, you know, I'm going to speak but in a league where I'm starting, I've also got a league where I'm starting three guys that um, are really good. Gurley and, and Kareem Hunt and uh, I forget who the third one is. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I've got three really good ones. So, now, you know, I'm just going to put out a $19 bid, see if I can I can steal in for some reason. Because the funny thing is, Balky, here's, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you. One of the, one of the greatest wins in fantasy football, FAAB, um, is when every guy in the league thinks, ah, I just can't afford him. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> and all 11 guys have that same thought. And I put in a little $9, $19 bid, whatever it is, and get him. That is that is so fun when that happens. I'm hoping that happens tonight. It has happened to me before, although it is rare. Um, because you're, you're talking about, you know, the, the, the most serious players playing, you know, in the FFPC or whatever, like in, in, um, when I played in the, in the KFFSC before, um, I, I would break that right up there with one of the the best feelings 
is when you're just price enforcing at, at the minimum and then mm-hmm. you end up winning the player. It's so oh, great. The, uh, the other great feeling I have is when you, when you um, bid on a guy and you're hoping to get him. You know, you, even if you bid significantly on him, like, oh, I really want this. You beat out the, the next bid by like five or six dollars, you know, where you went just <laughs> enough to get him. That yeah. is just, I mean, I'm telling you, I walk around, I feel like two inches taller walking yeah. around the rest of the day. The My meals taste around. better. The air is sweeter. It is just, oh, it, it, it's, you know, it's right up there with winning a close fantasy matchup, you know, because because that, really that, that waiver win uh, on a player, especially if you're looking for a significant player and you're bidding like three or $400 on and, and you get them, you know, let's say you win them for like 407 and the next closest bid was like 402 or something like that. Like that could not only propel you to a win that week, Scott, Maybe it could propel you to several wins the rest of the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you think about that going back to the James Robinson. How many guys wished they would have ponied up just a few more dollars to get James Robinson in those main events or those 350s that they were in in May, June, and July when he wasn't on anybody's radar and he was available in hundreds and hundreds of leagues. And there's only one guy that, that, you know, that ponied up enough. It's, it's so fun. So fun when that happens. You're exactly right. And I think back to it too. Um, a lo- like that waiver wire where he was available. A lot of people, what, what I was listening to that, that week and, and hearing from a lot of high stakes players too. Um, it was like, who do you like more? Who's the big get on the waiver wire this week? Is it James Robinson or is it Malcolm Brown was like another one because Cam Akers was, was dinged up or whatever. And, and I did pick up Brown in a couple of my leagues that week. Um, but uh, Robinson, to me, I just looked at it from the standpoint, like, look, he's the guy. You know, when Akers gets healthy, when if Henderson develops, I mean, that, that's going to be a three-headed monster. Who else is in Jacksonville? You had Reichwell Armstead on the COVID list, and he's still on the COVID list, probably not going to play the rest of the season. Chris Thompson, who's turned lower leg injuries into right. an art form. You know he's what I mean? Like, that's just – yeah. And, and so – to me, it's like Zigbo was a big name that has done absolutely nothing to try to contend for that job. When, when I saw the, when Robinson was catching those passes, I'm like, we got a monster on our hands here, mm-hmm. you know, an absolute monster. And, and certainly that's kudos to you. It, it, pass catching running backs. Oh, doesn't Scott, he remind you of Ray Rice? Yes, he actually does uh, really? on a much worse team. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one, one of the things, and, and you've been playing high stakes fantasy football for forever. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, um, doing all these podcasts, you know, the high stakes fantasy football hour, um, the high stakes lowdown here with, with Rotoviz, And I talk to, to players like you, wh- one of the things that has not changed in 10 years of, of doing high stakes shows, everybody always loves pass catching running backs. They can't get enough of them. And, and, and that is such a key to unlock it with this format, such a key to unlocking your, your team to transform it from good to great. Um, we talk about players that, that have a lot of talent that can put up numbers, but they're kind of restricted a little bit if they're not catching passes. And then you look at guys like that maybe aren't supremely talented, like the Chris Thompsons of the world, as I, as I just mentioned, um, that can be great when they are healthy because they catch passes, you right. know, and, and pass catching, right. Especially for, you know, just a throwaway running back to, you know, a top you know, a guy outside of the top 15, outside the top 20 that you need to throw into your lineup as a flex or, or a second running back 
on when you got bye week issues or injuries. Man, if they can catch passes, you might not miss a beat. No, you're you're exactly right. Yeah, those guys are, you know, and that's the way, you know, I'm I'm a dynasty. I know there's some guys that are strictly dynasty, some guys that are strictly um, redraft, and and uh, I love doing both. So I'm involved uh, in multiple FFPC dynasty leagues. I only play with the FFPC book. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I do not. I do not give my money to any other company. Um, I don't do ESPN leagues. Um, yeah, local leagues, nothing. The only thing I'm involved in is is FFPC because I sincerely believe in and and the fact that they're going to be you know, doing the right things with the money and uh, um, they're trustworthy. You, you know, you guys are trustworthy. So. Um, you know, I, I love playing the FFPC Dynasty Leagues and the, the redraft. And, uh, um, you, I mean, just think back to, to the names that we said earlier about that one Dynasty team. You know, Kamara, pass catching back. Mixon, pass yep. catching back. Uh, yeah, and, and like that's what I'm saying. Like even like the first – like if Derrick Henry caught passes – Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I mean, it just, I, I can't even, like, my brain's, I get the synapses exploding in my mind right now, it's trying to wrap my head around that. Every league ever, and there wouldn't even be a close second. You're not even McCaffrey. <laughs> You'd have to be like, if you have the 101 pick, you you don't, it's, it's not even like a third round reversal. You don't get a second round pick. It, it, you know, if, if Henry can catch passes, you, you just to make it everything fair. Uh, that's what that's what it would be. Next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, second round removal, essentially, is what it would be if, if Henry that's caught cool. passes. Um, the total on the Seahawks Niners game this week, Scott, is at 53 and a half as, as we record this show. The Seahawks are three point favorites. That to me no. would suggest uh, the Niners will be passing uh, to, to stay in this game with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Debo Samuel not expected to play. So how close is Brandon Ayuk for you to being a top 20 receiver this week? I think he's, in fact, uh, I think he could go as, as high as 15. Wow. Um, I, think, uh, I think he's definitely in the top 25. So I've got him between 15 and 25, which you asked top 20. So I, I say yes, top 20 guy. Um, and if I were to take a stab at it, I think he'll end up being – Wide receiver number seventeen. Ah, there you go. You know, this is the the type of, of hard hitting analysis that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> Road of his high stakes lowdown. This is good stuff, Scott Johnson. Um, speaking of receivers, another guy who is popular on the waiver wire really the last two weeks as as news picked up about him potentially coming back to the NFL and and teams being interested in signing him was Antonio Brown. How did you handle him a, uh, on the waiver wire last week? And I guess the way you answer that question is going to answer my next question is what do you think about his fantasy prospects for the remainder of this season only last week um i went through every single league that had um line bidding available and searched for him and put him in the waiver big on him and to my shock to my shock and surprise bulky i could have had him for a dollar wow Probably half the leagues. I ended up oh. getting him. I own him. I own him. Uh, after last week, I now own him ten times. All right, hmm. that's in that's in three. Uh, I got him out of one of the two main events. I did get him in one of the two main events, not the other, not the one that's a top one hundred, but the other one. It's not doing bad. I think it's in the four hundreds or something. But it's 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 got postseason written on it right now. I'm some wood, but 
I bid anywhere, literally, I bid anywhere from um, $19 all the way up to, I think one place I bid over 400 for him because I had $800 for some reason still available. And he was the kind of guy that could take that team from being um, fifth, sixth place where it is to over the top. So I thought it was worth it. Um, I got him almost every time that he was available. And, uh, like I said, there, there was a time that that's one of those wins. Bucky, I got him for $19 in one league, got him for 19, uh. um, got him for a few hundred multiple times. And, uh, one of the times that I bid, I think I bid $239 once and, uh, nobody I, you know, and, and say what you will about Antonio Brown, and maybe he doesn't turn into anything for the remainder of the season because of, you know, Evans and Gronk and, and Godwin and all those guys. But, you know, $19, who cares? I mean, you're, you're basically getting a free look at him at that point. Well, I mean, uh, some guys pay attention to everybody. Some guys just pay attention to their own guys. And, and uh, if, if guys are not paying attention to what's happening in Tampa Bay, uh, Godwin – and Evans are taking turns being being hurt. And if Antonio Brown doesn't come in and do better than Justin Watson and Scotty Miller, then I'll be shocked. So I yeah. think he, he provides immediate help to Tom Brady and company and will be the number two on the, on the weeks when either Evans or Godwin isn't there. And he'll still, still be a strong, a strong three, a real strong three, when they've got their full complement of receivers. Um, we, we touched on this earlier, Scott, with, uh, with Dynasty, with, uh, with James Robinson. Um, I'm kind of curious, and, and I'll lump myself into this too. I don't necessarily actively seek out trades during the season. Um, if, if, something, um, if I see something that, that might, um, might work for me, I, I might pursue it. Like I know – um, in my leagues, uh, the Chase Edmonds owner has been uh, has been dangling him um, for contenders right now, uh, trying to get um, picks or players. You know, I'm just kind of curious as to how your approach, your philosophy on in seeding in season trading has been, especially given that we're oh God, we're roughly about three weeks away uh, from the FFPC uh, dynasty trade deadline. How do you normally handle that uh, this time of year? Well, I know you, you love Dynasty. I know you, you do some Dynasty. You do some Dynasty with, with your Kentucky Leagues, correct? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, and, and I know you're involved in Dynasty in, in different places, so you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy this story. My approach to how I handle trading in season is to try to stay away from it unless I am in great, dire need. So what I try to do is I try to trade – um, after watching the preseason and doing my analysis on players, I'll try to trade right then, and I'll trade after week one. Um, the funny thing is, I, as I said earlier, I got James Robinson after week one this year. Last year, I picked up uh, this this quarterback that I thought might be decent last year. Um, Lamar Jackson was uh, <laughs> who I got. And um, didn't give up. Um, you know, I, I gave up. The guy really liked Jimmy G and thought Jimmy G was going to be the next coming. And uh, I gave him a, I think I gave him Jimmy G and a, and a second or a third. I can't remember which for, for Lamar Jackson. And, and robbery. Was, it's absolute robbery. 
Yeah, well, he's on that same team with those other guys. So I, I won that league last year, and that was a nice money maker for me. Um, and then this year, getting Robinson. So I try to trade within within the first week or so or the preseason. Then I don't trade again if I don't have to until right before the deadline. So maybe that that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of uh, getting ready to go into is it week ten? Is it the end of after week nine? But before week ten, is that correct? For the trade deadline? Yes. I think it's after week 10, but I could be wrong. I'd, I'd have to look 10. it up. Whatever I that last week, week is, yeah, which, whatever it is, whichever one it is, that's I might be looking to maybe add, you know, from somebody who's who's just gone, you know, and doesn't care, uh, wants a young guy and will give me, you know, Todd Gurley would be a guy that I would be looking for this year to try to help me win the league if I if I didn't have him, you know, um, and and. The, the team that has him is already out of it. Why wouldn't they want to sell? You know, so I try to um, with with somebody that wants to sell, and but trying trying to go in season. Um, the only thing I did this year is I did shop McCaffrey of all things, and you might think that's crazy, but I did try to shop him. The funniest response I got here you'll you'll get a chuckle out of this. The funniest response <laughs> I got when I tried to shop McCaffrey two weeks ago is I told uh, I told the guy that a couple guys I was interested in. He said. He said, no, I like my guys. I don't think McCaffrey would help me. <laughs> interesting take. Yeah, Just interesting that, take. McCaffrey's right. not going to help his dynasty team. So Yeah, I don't. There's always, uh, there's always those guys. <laughs> yeah, that, and there is. There definitely is. I don't necessarily sub, sub, subscribe to that line of logic, but it's his team. I get it. You run, you run it how you want. <laughs> yeah, yep, um, I guess so. Uh, shifting back to um, to redraft, you and, and I, I know we keep coming back to James Robinson, but um, when we talk about your hits this year, the guys you really got right, obviously James Robinson, if he's not number one on that list, he's certainly one of the lead guys on that list for Scott Johnson. What about your misses um, when, when you were drafting your teams this year in best ball or what have you? What was your what do you think your biggest miss was, uh, the player that you got wrong the most? Well, are, are, we, counting, are we counting guys getting hurt? No, we're not counting that. That see, because Tart Cohen comes up to mind. I mean, I, I got I got nailed on him. I had him a whole bunch. Um, number four running back. I, I you know he would be my fourth running back. Um, drafting and a lot of times, sometimes three if I went, you know, different ways. But I was pretty running back heavy early this year. Um, can, I'm going to switch it around. I want to answer your question, but I'm going to answer it in a different way than you thought I might. Um, my biggest miss was the way I drafted um, because I never hardly ever took a, a wide receiver in rounds one or two. And the funny thing is, and you know how the, the automated um, draft position comes up every time and, and it's just you know um, random on what number we get. Bulky, I, I think I'm in uh, 20, 23 or 24 FPC teams. And I swear to you, I had the number 10 spot 14 times. Oh, my goodness. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It was absolutely crazy how many times I had the number 10 spot. And I only took Devonta Adams once. Oh. Devonta Adams, Adams has been an absolute stud. So I am approaching your, your question a little differently. I missed in that I didn't draft Devonta Adams where – um, the guy that I drafted a lot, probably my miss, is is Joe Mixon. I drafted him quite a bit um, 
And, and I think out of all of my teams, whether they're best ball, whether they're um, FPC or main event or uh, dynasty, I've got, I've got Joe Mixon um, 24 times. So he's, he's been, you know, he's been decent at times. He's been, he's been good maybe a week or two. That one week he blew up. Now that was, that was nice, but you know, now he's hurt. So, you know, I would probably have to say Mixon's been a disappointment because I used a first-round pick on him a lot of times, and I could have had Devontae Adams instead. Yeah, it's one of those things. You know, obviously Adams would have cost you a few weeks too, but he's crushing him right now. As long as that dude's healthy, he's looking really, really good, uh, especially as, as, as much as Rodgers is looking for him too. Um, by the time people hear this podcast, the FFPC waiver deadline will have passed for Wednesday. Obviously, there'll be another one on Sunday morning, who are going to be some of your, or who, who were some of your high priority waiver bids uh, as we head into week eight. I know we talked about DJ Dallas before, Scott, what about some others? So DJ Dallas is one, but we, we already talked about him. Um, my number one wide receiver um, that I think I can get cheap. So I'm not really going overboard on him. I'm, I'm going between um, three and $30 for Nelson Aguilar. Um, he had nine targets last week. Uh, he had here's a, here's a key here's the thing that I like bulky and I don't know you know if there was one stat that you had to look at to try to you know predicate your your future beliefs on if the guy's going to be good or not. But I like looking at the snap counts and he's had uh, 78, 79, and 91 percent snap counts in the last. You know that that to me tells me if if the guy's out there he's got a shot. If he's on the if he's on the sidelines he's got no shot. So I like his snap count rate. Um, he's had four touchdowns in six games played, and uh, I just really I, I really like uh, you know the fact that Brian Edwards is playing. And uh, Carr seems to have a, a liking for him, especially when they get near the end zone. So why not take a chance on a guy for a few bucks? And, and I might have to play him several times this week. I, I, he will be in my lineups um, this week about probably a half a dozen times if I, if I win him. Um, and then the next one, not, not, a, uh, not a real simple strategy that, that I like and that my brother and I and, and Billy use year in and year out. I think people forget about the kicker position and just use it as an afterthought. And I do not. I really put in time making sure I've got a good kicker, especially on those best ball teams when I'm drafting in in uh, March, April, May. You know, I want good kickers. And, uh, the guy I'm picking up right now is uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, and he got dropped. Um, since this is coming out after after tonight's blind video. Nice. He got dropped. I think he's available main events, and I'm going after him because he's number, uh, I think he's number one in the, in the NFL. I, I, I like him too, and now did Indianapolis already have their bye? I forget. They did, last yes. week, right? Yeah, that's why he was dropped. See, he was right. last week by several teams. I paid attention in the 350s and in the main events. He was dropped in the Indies defense, which See, that's what makes him so valuable because if you look at their schedule coming up and, you know, Bucky, I live in Georgia right now, but I'm, I'm, I spent 45 years in, in, in 
the Colts and my, I've got my my homer team that I that I root for, and that's the Colts. So I pay attention to them. They've got a really tough schedule coming up. A lot of defenses that are pretty good. Um, so I think they're going five, six, seven weeks. And Blankenship's already proven that he can do it. So I think he's going to be, you know, you, you talk about a, a ridiculous league winner. It could be as stupid as having every, everything else in play. Then what's going to be the difference maker? Or the difference maker? And I'm just thinking about this, like looking back on it, you know, when we get to those, that championship sprint in the final three weeks of the season, we've seen running backs make the difference, um, you know, go on these, these crazy tears last year, it was a tight end in Tyler Higby that, you know, if you had Higby, um, you were, you definitely finished in the money. I don't think it's ever happened with a kicker before to my knowledge, but what's to say Blankenship doesn't go like back-to-back 20-point weeks? You know, I mean, it could happen. Look what Tyler Bass did this past week. Right. You know, anything's possible. And certainly, if you play on a, on a team with a, with a good offense, uh, you got a powerful leg, um, it, 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 you know, anything could happen and usually does those final three weeks. Scott, final question uh, before I let you go here uh, and enjoy week eight. A sleeper that you think needs to be in high-stakes starting lineups uh, this weekend as well as a, a guy that um, you think is going to bust and disappoint a lot of uh, fantasy owners this weekend. All right, I've got. Uh, I'm going to give you bonus information here. Oh I've boy, two, guy, two guys I like. Um, Gerald Everett is kind of easy, uh, especially if Higby doesn't play again. But even if Higby plays, I like Gerald Everett this next week. But better than that, um, this is a true sleeper. I like Kendrick Bourne from San Francisco this next week. Uh, we talked about Brandon Ayuk being a potential top twenty guys. Uh, 29 this, this week, I think um, the coverage could roll toward him, and that will leave Bourne, who is pretty darn good. He, he's kind of like a, a Russell Gage type um, that hasn't, hasn't gotten the notoriety yet. Um, and I think Bourne should be in lineups if uh, the team, you know, if they've got a choice between Bourne and another guy that they're just not real that, that positive on, go with Bourne. I mean, they've got a – Seattle is ranked. 32nd against the – doesn't get any better than that because there's only 32 teams in the league. So I'm going to say Ken, Kendrick Bourne is my is my big-time sleeper. Yeah, I like that call. And that's a guy that, that um, I, I, you know, I was high on in the pre-draft process as a late-round guy because, again, Ayuk was a rookie, was battling an injury. Debo Samuel obviously had the, the, the foot fracture or whatever it was. Um, they were running out of uh, out of bodies there, and Dante Pettis failed to step up. I'm like, well, what what's wrong with Bourne? I mean, right. Garoppolo trusts him. He's been making plays, and and certainly he's he's not that exciting of a name. But sometimes uh, you're not looking for that exciting of a name that late. You're just looking for a guy that might be able to step up and overproduce his draft spot. And and certainly Bourne represents that example again in Week Eight. What about a couple of busts or a bust? If I had to pin you down, well, to I'm going to go with go with the. Uh... The Pittsburgh, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers um, wide receiving core of Juju and Claypool. I'm going to tell, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I think Deontay Johnson might be um, the one guy who comes through here no matter what. But I don't like Claypool, and I'm, I don't think Juju is going to go off this week either. They're at Baltimore. We know that what that's all about. Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I, I think. Uh, I think Baltimore is going to get the best end of, of this matchup, and I think they're going to get the best end of the game as well. 
Well, we got the best end of this podcast, getting Scott Johnson, Coaches Crunchers, on here on the road of his high stakes lowdown uh, this week. Scott, congratulations on on the James Robinson success at a minimum. Congratulations on having a team in the in the main event. Looks like you're uh, in the top hundred in the main event. Looks like you're going to have another one go uh, to the playoffs if things keep uh, playing this out too. We'll see what happens when we get to the championship round. Really good luck in all your leagues. Always good talking fantasy uh, with you, man. And uh, enjoy the games this weekend. I definitely will. I really hope, um, you know, last year you, you asked me to talk with you after, after and, uh, and, and, well, in FFPC. Um, but that was the wrong week to have it. Uh, I didn't get to talk to you at the end of the year. So this next year, uh, or, you know, maybe in January coming up here, I would love to be able to talk to you for the right reason. That's because I had it at the end of the year. So yes. Me, it's that's- always a pleasure. That's the most important week uh, of the year for sure. We'll look forward to that, Scott. Thanks so much. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.